Why do you hate God? That's a tough one. I, I have a few reasons. So first things first, cheers. Cheers, buddy. It's very hard not to drink like a beer. Like my instinct is like take a big gulp. And as soon as it hits my tongue, it's like, nope, that's not what we're drinking. We're, this is much harder than a uh, normal uh, Sam Adams is. Today I'm talking with Caleb. Last couple of years, had the opportunity to work with him, get to know him some more. And he always expressed himself as an atheist. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk to him today about that. Caleb, welcome. Thanks for having me, Matt. So, first question I want to start with, why do you hate God? That's a tough one. I, I have a few reasons, but I, I don't know if I define myself as hating God. It's, it's a little rough, um, but we can go on that track if you want to. And No, no, let's, let's, uh, let's, take it a, let, let's go in a little different direction. What I did want to ask was, when do you recall the first time you described yourself as an atheist or you told someone that you were an atheist if they were asking about your religious ideas and feelings? I don't remember a specific time, like the first time I woke up and was like, I'm an atheist. Um, I definitely would say middle school to high school would be the time period that I started thinking that way. And I'm sure there was a time that someone asked with a family member or a friend or something that asked me for the first time, whether I believe or what I believe. And I said, Oh, I'm an atheist. Uh, but I don't remember exactly the first time that I would use that label to describe myself. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it was around that time frame that 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 word started popping up in my vocabulary as to how I would describe myself. And do you think it was partially a reaction for people wanting an answer from you regarding religious belief? Or was it something that you came to through certain thinking, learning about the world, thinking about the world? Does that make sense? Like, when you, were you searching for kind of answers, or do you think it was a, an outside influence that kind of pushed you to define yourself that way? It was probably my family most off. Uh, so both sides of my family are very religious. Um, one kind of keeps it more to themselves. The other is very large and very, very uh, devout Christian. I have uh, three pastors on that side of the family at the time. And so I'm sure it was that side that probably pushed me that direction as far as you know every single time whether it was easter or christmas or you know whatever trying to get me to church services and whatnot that was probably what more coursed me into having to actually come up with my position rather than just like letting it float and no one ever really bringing it up um because i really didn't have a whole lot of super you know religious friends that brought it up it's that later in life i did but at that point in time it really didn't come up outside of my family that I can think of. And your immediate family, did they take you to church growing up? Were they very religious themselves? So definitely out of uh, my dad's side of the family, which is 80 plus people strong. Um, my family is probably the least, uh, you know, as far as Christian or as far as uh, church going and whatnot. Uh, my parents are very religious, but they just didn't really force it on us. Um, I went to church with my parents up until I was, I don't know what age, uh, somewhere in the elementary schools when they stopped making me and my brother go, and it was kind of an optional thing. And as a quick anecdote, we may have been at the same church growing up for a brief overlap when I was maybe 10 years old and you were 
five years old. Right. Yes. Uh, sounds like there's a couple of us that might have been there and never, n- never would have known it had we not uh, come across each other later in life. So through the working of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Jesus has brought us together in his uh, holy wisdom and power. That's right. When you say you're an atheist, do you notice common criticisms that people give or is it, are you, is it well received, let's say at the workplace? It's not hard to run across uh, evangelical Christian here in the beating heart of America. And so do you, like I've heard you tell people when they're asking, it's common, you know, that it comes out when people are going to church or religious and you say you're an atheist. Has there ever been much push, pushback or is there general acceptance of that? Um, you're very familiar with the workplace. Um, and there it's pretty well accepted. I think I kind of helped it under, held it under wraps, not purposely, but just, it's not something I, unless I know people and I know how they'd react. It just, I'm not the type of person to just walk out and like, if I know you're not an atheist, you're a theist or some sort of believer, I'm probably not going to just come out and throw that in your face unless there's a reason to, or I'm just, you know, some friends that I'm trying to nag or something like that. Or convert. Or convert. Um, so our workplace, uh, when that came out, I don't think, I think it was pretty well accepted, but most of the people at our work, or at least a few of them, definitely came up and said to me, oh, I've never met an atheist before. Um, you know, our, our boss, that's the first one. He's like, oh, I don't think I've ever met an atheist before. And my first thought was, you absolutely have. Like, you didn't know they were an atheist, but there's no possible way you've not never met an atheist before. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was his, like, his first reaction was, oh, I don't think I've ever met one before. I'm like, mm, I have a hard time believing that. And do you think some people who are atheists, or have you ever done this when you know somebody's super religious, instead of saying you're an atheist, you say, well, I don't know what I think about those things? Or do you just tend to come out hardline, like, not hardline, but just you're an atheist? I can usually pretty straight to the point. Um, if I know it's a very sensitive topic for some people, I would probably dance around it a little bit unless it's the purpose of the conversation is that. Um, but if someone just comes to me who I know, who I, I'm, you know, it's not someone on the street or something like that. I, I'm pretty straightforward and just, oh, you know, oh, you don't believe in God? No, I'm an atheist. I, I, I don't really try to dance around that. Um, and as far as everyone at work, going back to the at work topic, as far as uh, the reception, I think everyone at work took it well outside of work. My friends, again, from middle school to high school, it's, I didn't really hide it. Um, especially my early, te- or not early teens, early 20s. I was a little more... Living in sin, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't sin, then Jesus died for nothing, obviously. <laughs> exactly. But, and uh, I think that's part of proving you're an atheist is acting sinfully. Exactly. Um, no, but I would say... In my early 20s, I was far more um, provocative about it, if you will, for especially like on social medias, you know, not wearing T-shirts, you know, uh, offensive T-shirts and stuff like that. But God, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, But uh, I would definitely post things that I found funny on whether it's it's pretty much Facebook at that point. Um, And my religious side of the family, I'm definitely considered... uh, kind of an outcast on that side there's very few of us that don't believe and even the few of us that are more distant from the church still believe like there's only one or two of 80 of us that really i think would come out and say we're atheists so would you say they have kind of ostracized you a bit from the family not in the sense of not maybe coming to family reunions that kind of stuff but where you're you kind of sense a distance from you in regards to the other people, how the other family members relate to each other. Yeah, I would definitely say that's it's part of that. Um, my other 
side of the family, which is very religious, very, a lot smaller, um, but they just don't, it's not as much of their lives. I'm much closer to them, whereas my side of the family, it's very religious. 100%, if I call any of them needing something, they're there for me. I'm there for them. It's where it's nothing like that, but I'm definitely not as close to them. They all have that bonding experience. They'll have that similarity. Um, you know, they, they almost every single one of them is at church every Sunday morning where usually I'm hungover in bed. So there's that shared camaraderie when you have similar experiences, like you and I bonded being hungover in bed. I think, you know, it's kind of that shared experience that we can, you know, both relate to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to have something to, uh, to relate to each other with, to, to get close. So, and what would you say some of the common criticisms are? Have you, whether it's that side of the family, the pastors you've talked to, or people you've met, you know, through the course of your life, other friends, let's say you're having a sort of altercation or argument with someone, maybe not argument, but a discussion about the nature of God. It's not uncommon for Christians to want to delve into those things. And yeah, have, what do you sense any just common, common things that come up in there trying to persuade you or are you trying to persuade them of your own, you know, def- or defend your own view? Honestly, it's very rare that that comes up unless it's, again, someone either trying to get under my skin jokingly or vice versa with a friend. Um, I would say the, the when it does come up, again, the most time it used to come up is when I would post something that I would find funny or interesting on social media, and then I would get a flood of comments from my family, which are usually that's, you know, generally it's, you know, you got it all wrong, you know, give me a call and I'll, I'll answer all your questions, like you're misunderstanding Jesus and that kind of stuff. Um, most of the people in my life, uh, or at least to me, don't come with a very in-depth, uh, analysis or in-depth argument of God, uh, or the existence of any sort of, uh, deity. Um, it's more top level stuff like, Hey, you got to get this right before it's too late and you can't save yourself. It's, it's very, uh, just like I said, top kind of level surfer, arguments, yeah. yeah, surface level arguments of, hey, you know, you want to make it to heaven, you want to accept Jesus before that point. Um, very rarely is it, look at this passage, look at this, look at, you know, it's it's very uh, minimal arguments. Like an emotional, like, appeal. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt Jesus in my life. I've, you know, Jesus saved me. I used to be, you know, I've got family members that struggled early on and they found Jesus and and now they're on the right track and it's, you got to find Jesus too, otherwise you're doomed for eternity. Um, the people who do bring up arguments, uh, I don't even know if many people have tried to convince me with arguments. It's, but when I have got into those debates with friends, me, for instance, yes, uh, no, but when I have gotten those arguments, generally it's, uh, with believing friends later in life, you know, whether it's a drink at night, we just start talking about it. Um, very, again, very rarely are they, am I talking to someone who's studied the Bible, you know, like you, someone who really knows what they're talking about. Most people outside of my pastor um, family members, most people, it's very much a, well, I believe in Jesus, so you should believe in Jesus. Not, this is why. Um, Not an intellectual argument, but... Um, right, right. It's uh, the the God of the gaps comes up a lot. You know, how can you look around and, and see this and not know there's a God? You know, how can... The human mind work if there wasn't a God um, with no actual... That's ep- actually the teleological argument, not the God of the gaps, but I we'll apologize. leave that on the table. I apologize. <laughs> I Maybe I'm misunderstanding the God of the gaps, but... Because tele- tele- teleology has to do with purpose. Okay. So you would say this universe, if I'm not misconstruing this, was created with a telos, with a purpose. We can see that in the way nature works. 
therefore God must exist because I recognize purpose in the way the, the universe functions. You're teaching me something here today. I've always described this as just a the God of the gaps as far as I don't know how else to explain this besides God, so it must be God. That is a God of the gaps idea, but it tends God of the gaps tends to be actually a criticism of theology because you would say, oh, we, we used to say this was because of God. Now we know the reasons, or we can scientifically determine the reasons. And so that gap where God used to fit gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Okay. Look at that. I've, today I learned something. Anyway, oh, so, but more of those type of arguments you're saying. Yeah, just very general, um, you know, I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head, but just very general, you know, dude, look around you. Look at, look at uh, how beautiful the sky is. Look at the forest. You think that no, you know, a, a bang happened. There are, you know, some uh, bacteria and some, you know, little tiny organisms that, that uh, have turned into humanity and turn into everything. And that just... That's assuming they're evolutionists. Yes. that Well, that they're arguing that I believe that. Oh, I see. They're saying, you know, look around, you think that, that these, you know, a tiny, uh, tiny bacteria has now turned into humanity. How do, how do you oh, believe this? Oh, how absurd this? is that? Yes. So okay, it, got it. It, it got can't it. be that. It must be God. Yeah. Which, in that case, it's very, if someone's trying to persuade you with something that's like, I'm not saying it's a bad argument, but it's just, it has no substance to it. It's just, oh, like, your argument makes no sense, so my argument must be correct without actually proving any evidence for your argument. So, it, very rarely are people coming with me that I have to defend myself with details and things like that. So, and would you say that you, or let's let to kind of pivot, or not really pivot, but to address maybe your understanding of religion? For instance, when, some, when you meet someone who's a Christian, do you tend to look at them as someone who's Maybe a smart person has a certain amount of understanding, but probably is a little bit deluded in their ideas about the way the universe works. Or, I mean, maybe you don't want to say this because you're judging all the people that you know. Oh, I'll are judge. Christians. Yeah, I'll judge. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, do you look at that as something that needs to not necessarily needs to be overcome, but is probably something that they really haven't spent the time to delve into? And if they did, they would be more atheistic leaning. Or do you tend to just think that? people see things differently and that's kind of okay. I definitely don't automatically assume what whatever religion it is. Obviously, here in the Midwest you're talking about Jesus loving Christians. Um I but any religion I don't automatically assume, oh, this person believes this, therefore they must be um, you know, whether it's uh, not a critical thinker or or any sort of thing like that. Um the term I've used a lot, and I'm not the first one to use this by any stretch of the imagination, but I get in trouble for is brainwashed. Um, to me, if you're talking about whatever religion it is, it, it, to me, it's you are only taught that you aren't even if you've experienced a spiritual, uh, you know, uh, awakening or anything like that. To me, it's not you didn't experience Jesus. You might have just experienced some sort of spiritual uh, feeling inside you. You don't know what that is. It's just you're taught from your parents, most likely, or your surroundings, oh, that's Jesus. If you're not in America, that probably isn't Jesus. You're taught you have a spiritual awakening. It could be Allah. It could be any other God. Um, so when I see someone who, yeah, they're religious, I'm not automatically, oh, they're not a critical thinker. It's, oh, they might be a very smart person. However, 
they've been taught their entire lives that this is true. So they default to this and they've never, most of the time have never really questioned their own beliefs or why they believe it. It's just mom and dad believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And so for you, even that spiritual conversion, let's say, as it's often framed in or rebirth or new birth in, in Christian, some certain conservative Christian circles that you would still say is a function of that society or that, that milieu for lack of a better term, that cultivates the person's to the person to have that experience, but maybe that experience is is false in a certain way. That 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 they're in some ways the conditions under which they live allows for that experience. Am I making some sense? Yeah, a little. I think I'm following you here. Um, yes, kind of. Um, I think that not that they are not having that experience, whatever that experience is. I think you can have any mental experience and it's just as, um, believable as anything else. Um, whether, you know, if you can, whether it be a religious experience and not to compare these two, but or mental illness experience, you can have these experiences, whether whatever feelings you have, whatever thoughts you have are valid. Um, but I very much think it based on where you are, who you're surrounding yourself with, will very heavily determine what, how you rationalize that feeling, that thought, whatever that is. Um, if you are raised in a completely atheist household, if you've never heard of a God, you've never heard of a deity, if you've never heard of the Bible, heard of the Quran, anything, and you have that feeling in yourself of like, oh, there's a higher power, most likely, I, I don't believe you go, there must be, you know, Jesus, there must be this, it, you wouldn't default to there must be this person that died for our sins. It's you just you have a feeling in you like, oh, maybe I'm not alone. Everyone around me, you know, I've, I've raised my entire life to believe that Jesus died for my sins and that he's watching over us at all times. That must be that feeling, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Actually, William James wrote a book, uh, The Varieties of Religious Experience. And he conjectured that religion was a part of the human psyche. And so when people had extreme experiences, they tended to fill those in with their own religious ideas. For instance, I'm about to die, I see a cross, or I have some sort of, you know, I failing to look for as iconic of a, a symbol for the uh, other religions, but like a star of David or, you know, like if I'm in that community, I'm believing these things when I have similar near, like whether it's a near death experience or a sensation of seeing a demon or something otherworldly, it tends to be filled in with those ideas already given by the culture. Yeah. And I think that's, and it, it makes sense. It, if you are surrounded by those ideas, just like anything else, it's, you're most likely to default to those ideas, um, whether that's correct or not correct. It's just, it makes sense that when you have something that you don't understand, but everyone around you seems to know the answer, you're going to go with that answer without, you know, really second guessing or really doing any sort of deep thought or um, questioning of, is that answer correct? You know, am I going to go against everybody in my community, my house, whatever that is, or is that the answer I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I was just reading Paul Tillich, which I brought up in the last podcast, but he has this idea that religion is inherently mythological, and he was a Christian theologian, but he would say that Christianity 
must acknowledge broken myths. For instance, did Moses actually part the Red Sea? It doesn't matter if it historically happened. It is part of this mythological structure that has happened in history that humans use to orient themselves when it comes to meaning and truth and points towards, for him, something beyond what can be articulated in the intellect or emotions. So for him, he would say, yes, I believe in Christianity. He even wrote a lot of books systematizing his his thought on theology, but something like Christ and the cross might be understood as a symbol that people use and must recognize as a mythological symbol that nevertheless points to something that people aspire to as their, what he would say, what what is their ultimate concern. So for him, even an atheist has, like you might have certain priorities in your life that you put above others, and that orientation is a indicator of something that is larger than your own life, and as such is inherently religious in, in nature. Now, you wouldn't use the symbol of the cross, but there might be other you know, Tom Brady or other other symbols that might kind of convey something that transcends yourself. I don't know. I'm not saying you got to respond to Paul Tillich from the 1960s, but he would understand it that way. And maybe, maybe to not to have you answer that, but to say when you think of, for instance, atheism, is that a part of your own identity that kind of grounds your understanding of the world and priorities? Or is that rather just an intellectual idea that you have about God and the rest of life must be just lived without regards to a higher power or something? Uh, It definitely, I wouldn't say, governs my life in any way. Um, First off, I would like to say, yes, I used to pray to Tom Brady as I didn't have a God to pray to, and he has brought me a lot of happiness in my life. At this point in my life, now he mostly brings me sadness, but... um, False God. I appreciate the reference. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't say that atheism by any means uh governs my life or i use that as any sort of basis to live my life i again in my early to mid 20s i would definitely say it was referenced in my life a lot more um cuz i i don't say i wouldn't say i based my personality around it but i definitely had more enjoyment of being a uh, a provocateur uh with it uh, just because I know my family I know who I'm friends with I know like it's just it's very easy and you to enjoy the back and forth absolutely absolutely I can't deny that and I still do but it's just it's not yeah I've toned it down a little bit uh, around those kind of people um but no I wouldn't say that atheism's atheism is anything to base any sort of life goals or life uh beliefs or anything around I think you know not believing in uh, any sort of deity is no more a personality trait than not being a golfer. Like it's, it's something that if someone brings up golf to me, I will say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have never played golf in my life. I have no interest in this. Uh, just like if someone brings up religion to me and it starts talking, talking to me about Jesus, I will say, Oh, actually I don't believe I, you know, if it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then at that point, if whether we want to keep going down the golf conversation, the Jesus conversation, sure. We can keep talking about why I don't participate in those, but it's it's not something that comes up daily. It's not something that I base any sort of my decisions around. It's not anything that I'm going out of my way to 
think about on a any sort of day-to-day or week-to-week basis on uh, what I believe or what I don't believe. It's just whatever whatever happens around me, I'm, I assume it has a natural cause and it's not any sort of supernatural. Yeah. So for you, religion would be, or sorry, atheism would be a way of rejecting some, in some ways, let's say superstitious ideas about reality, but aren't, but isn't intrinsic to how you make decisions in your life. Yeah, I would say that's correct. Um, Yeah, I would, being an atheist and being surrounded by a lot of, um, I mean, Christians, it's, you reject, you know, there's a lot of things I hear that I immediately shoot down in my mind of, uh, you know, it just, not ignore that, but okay, that's not true. That's, I don't believe that. That's whatever. But I, aside from hearing those things and immediately shooting those down in my mind, it's nothing of consequence to me of, I don't believe in God. It's, 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 it's just a simple of whatever happens is the world. It's, it's nature. It's nothing religious. Yeah. Like you said, nothing supernatural. Right. And, and then maybe, okay, so do you enjoy, like, I think I've seen Facebook before, like, as an atheist group, like, do you still, is it common for you to kind of engage in atheist, let's say, fun things, kind of like, like, do you, do you read any books on atheism? Do you read any websites that share kind of things making fun of religion, that kind of stuff? Um... Or is that, I'm sure you do, but maybe, is that like a... A part of my life. A part of your life or incidental? Um, it's. I wouldn't say it's a part of my life anymore. I should have started this off by saying I am not, I, I, I am not a well-versed person in religion or atheism. Um, I have not, you know, I, I don't consider myself someone who's going to argue, you know, any sort of basis of, of anti-theism. Um, so I definitely don't like spend my time really digging deep into uh, the evidence for or against, but I do definitely still listen to uh, atheist podcasts. Um, Just, it's still fun. It's still, uh, and and generally what I listen to is, is arguments for and against, and it's less of trying to back myself up and more just listening to both sides. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, debates, religious debates, as far as, um, you know, whether it's, uh, the arguments for Jesus or, or anything else like that. Um, and then on the fun side, I definitely do follow Facebook groups, follow Twitter, you know, Twitter pages and whatnot that kind of share the anti-religious memes. Um, I don't try, I try to restrain myself from sharing them too much. Um, but they're definitely still fun. I mean, even if you try to not poke the bear as much anymore, it's still fun to kind of get a laugh to yourself. Cause uh, some of it's just, to me, it's funny. It's, is it offensive? Sure, but it's it's got some humor to it when you have no belief, but you know that um, you know your mom or dad believes these crazy things to you, and it's like it's I have to get a laugh out of it. So yeah, is it strange to live in a society? In many ways, I hesitate to say hyper religious, but a very religious society. When you look at the American inauguration, when you look at many public statements, we've never had a president who's an atheist. We've never had. Or it's uncommon to have public figures who are atheists, not those who are either covertly atheist, who just don't address religion, but, you know, someone who is very out and outspoken atheist um, outside of 
public figures, but rather politicians, I would say. It's very common or very uncommon to have non-religious or atheistic politicians. And so when you look around at the society that you live in, is it kind of strange to feel like you're part of a select group who sees through all the bullshit? I definitely realize like how much higher on the pedestal I said than in everybody else. Oh, that's um, good. But uh, no, I, I, first off, I, out of all the politicians and obviously I, the easiest thing about it is like the U S presidents, but there's, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of politicians just in the U S alone. Congressmen and women, senators. I mean, we're not just talking about presidents. We're talking about the most powerful people in the United States outside of the president as well, who tend to be Christian. Right. And I, I think that they tend to outwardly be Christian. If we were being truthful and not being public facing and not being in America, which is the chance of us electing an outwardly atheist president in my lifetime is next to zero. Um, I think that a lot of them, not a lot of them, but I would say a, a far more than are outwardly expressing would be atheist or at least agnostic. I might go to some liberal church or a church, but when we're going to sit behind closed doors, it's like, okay, let's put off the f- fucking facade. We're, let's deal here and not where really God doesn't come into the the core issues. It's actually, I have to do this because I'm a public figure kind of a thing. Right, right. And I'm going to go to the easiest one possible. And uh, I know we're all sick of hearing the name, but I can't, I don't imagine that Donald Trump is praying every Sunday, like on his own. I, I think that he definitely had to be, um, he, he had to get that support, but I, he does not seem like a man who's really devoted to God and being the best person he can be. Um, and that's just an easy example of someone. Although that, he did say that he never needed to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, he is, won't dive too deep into the, uh, the Trump topic. Cause that can be another two hour long conversation. But, um, as far as I really don't mind the majority of people believing. Uh, I've said many times that I wish I could believe. Um, Let's, why, why do you wish you could believe? Uh, I'm pretty open about the fact that like I suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, it doesn't really bother me to talk about those things. I think it would be easier to deal with things like that, deal with a death in the family, deal with any sort of, um, hardship in life. If you knew there was a purpose, if you knew there was a plan, if you knew that at the end of the day, you're going home and you're seeing these people again. Um, thankfully I've never lost anyone super, super close to me, knock on wood, but I did lose, uh, my grandma a couple years ago, lost my grandpa a few years prior to that. And you know, when you're at the funeral, that's on my very religious side and you're at the funeral and everyone's saying they're at a better place. We will see them soon enough. Um, you know, They'll see my uncle who also passed away. Uh, you know, they're with him now. They're happier. And it would be nice to believe that. That'd be that sounds fantastic to have that backup. It's like, I'm sad, but they're better. And I to me, it's like, I'm sad, they're dead. Like there's there is they're not I'm, my grandparents aren't together again. They're both dead. Like, and when you think of your own mortality, not that I think about that often, um, or at least not admittedly, um, it is it would be easier, I think, to think, okay, one day I will die, but I will see my parents again, my grandparents. Whereas to me, that's not a thing. It's, it's, I live one life when I get old, hopefully, and I die. That's it. I've used my opportunity. I've used my one ticket. It's over. Whatever I did, I did. Whatever I didn't do, I didn't do. That's so I, I, I think. Hence it, the drinking. Hence the drinking. 
uh, definitely helps you, definitely helps you through the hard parts. But, um, no, I think the spirits you're in the spirit. There you go. There you go. Transparently in the spirit. There you go. Um, no, I think anything, uh, whether it's death or, or like I said, anything with depression, you know, I don't know what percent of the population deals with depression, but it's not an uncommon thing at this point in America. And I, I, I at least assume it would be easier struggling, but going, God has a plan for me. God knows what's going on, which I, it might be, I don't know. I think the idea that you are constantly being judged and constantly inadequate, despite the fact that through God's grace, you may achieve salvation. You are nevertheless always aware of this constant judgment. And that itself creates an intense anxiety in many people. And therefore might lead to, not necessarily lead to, whoops, not necessarily lead to depression, but other sorts of deranged ideas and stresses that you might not face were you to give that up. I know I'm I'm presenting the atheist view here now, but I really do think that like most fucked up writers like James Joyce, for instance, was a wayward Catholic and, you know, Kierkegaard was a distraught Protestant. And so a lot of these religious, religious expectations, societal expectations, as well as theological expectations, depending on one's persuasion, can do actually more to create anxiety. Now, it might be suppressed, but I think that that can be the case. I definitely, I don't disagree. And I don't actually, that's an idea, that's a side of that I don't really think about often. Um, But I don't disagree just on immediate immediate thought that, uh, yeah, obviously when, especially if you are already prone to overthinking and overanalyzing everything, I guess if, yeah, if you're under the impression that I'm born a sinner, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve God's love. Yeah, that, I could see that as being not mentally helpful in your situation. Um, I'm just thinking about, you know, uh, I, you always see, or I always see on, you know, my, again, going back to Facebook and stuff like that, where I see people that going through a tough time right now, please pray for me going through, you know, lost my job, but I know God has a plan for me. Tomorrow is a better outlook. I always, you know, things like that, where it's, if I got fired tomorrow, um, I wouldn't be shocked, but I also wouldn't be, neither would I, uh, I also wouldn't, you know, be sitting there on my couch going, man, this is a horrible time in my life. I can't believe this, but I know this is part of God's plan. It's something bigger for me. I would be like, wow, I fucked up and I got to figure out something to do because I got a mortgage to pay. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have that fallback. So it, I, I could see both sides as far as whether it's better or worse for your, for your own mental health. I could see that. But I also see what you're saying when it goes, when it comes to death in particular, this idea that I will persist this, which actually I think is not entirely Christian, but this almost egotistical immortality of the soul. Like we are going to be there together just like we are now, just better. And that's a huge comfort in times of pain, I think, particularly when it comes to death and grieving. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be massive. Now, do I want to go to heaven? I would love to see my grandparents again and my parents one day when they pass and everybody else. Uh, I don't know if heaven has like drugs, alcohol, and strippers. I'm not sure if that's like the best place in, that I could be, but I could at least see my family members again. So th- there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. I want to say strippers go to heaven too, man. Do they? I, I missed that part. I, it's been a while since I've read my Bible, but I did miss that part. 
well, some pretty pretty interesting people, let's put it that way, go to heaven. Good to know. Well, then maybe maybe I need to find Jesus then, because if that's where the strippers are, I need to head that way. <laughs>